Special shout out to today's episode to SeatGeek. We recently partnered with them to become a brand ambassador. What does that mean? Well, for you, it means you get a special discount when you make your first ticket purchase with SeatGeek. With my code, InjuredListPod, you will get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a ticket purchasing app that takes all the confusion out of buying tickets to your favorite sports, concert events, and more. They score each ticket on a scale of 1 to 10 to help you know if you're getting a good deal. Green is good, red is bad. My followers get $20 off their first ticket purchase using my code, InjuredListPod. Click on the link in the show notes and browse for your favorite events. Your next big night ever is waiting, and they have the tickets. gentlemen please welcome the host of the injured list podcast brian scott Ladies and gentlemen, what's up? Our first live podcast recording here, live stream on YouTube, Twitter, or X, however you want to call it. Facebook, we are on live. It's a podcast, but we're streaming it also. And I've got one of my talented cohorts, colleagues in the house to help me out here along the way and to discuss some injury stuff from this past season here as we near the end. Mr. Andrew LaDuke, he's the host of his own podcast show called Divots and Pivots, also one of our fantasy sports core writers. Mr. Andrew LaDuke, welcome to the stage, sir. Thank you for uh, for having me on. It feels like it's been a long time coming to to finally get on the air with you. It is. It's been a long time. Well, last time we saw each other was down in, or I should say up in Ohio, over in Ohio, if you will, for you, yes. um, coming from the East Coast there, when we were at the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, Ohio, which was a blast, and uh, oh, yes. Fantasy Sports Corps was representing pretty good at that get-together, so we look forward to doing that again next year, so if any of you guys attend, please come looking mm-hmm. for us. We'll be happy to shoot the, you know, as we as we normally do, and um, we've got a lot to talk about for this episode, so I'm kind of please excited. Do. Uh, I actually screwed up the intro because, you know, I don't normally do live stuff. I was going to run a promo, but we'll get that, we'll get to that later because I totally botched that. Um, we've got some sponsors for the show that we want to give a shout out to, and we'll make sure we get those commercial spots run. SeatGeek, number one, um, I'm a brand ambassador for them, so we've got a discount code for those of you looking to get tickets to your next great event. And then um, uh, the Underdog Fantasy. Uh, we've got a Fantasy Sports Core promo code. We've got an Injury List promo code for that as well. They've been sponsoring us uh, as a group uh, for this past year, which has been awesome. So we've got a discount code for that. And, you know, North Carolina is about to legalize uh, online gambling. So I think I might have to take advantage of that promo code myself. Um, I'm excited. And I'm going to yeah. be having to pay attention to everybody else's show a lot more now, as um, especially the gambling stuff, gambling stuff. I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to that. You're going to become very valuable, though, for the gambling stuff. I know. That's what I'm. I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping so. It's going to be big, big we'll, news. We'll have to you. see. Yeah, <laughs> those are yeah, the edges. Sure. I found, especially playing. Uh, you know, I don't really play DraftKings basketball, NBA basketball anymore. But uh, when I was first messing around with DraftKings, I played a lot of um, like tiers and and, and NBA lineups because they just always had free ones and stuff. And that's where I found it. Injuries were so beneficial to to know at the last minute because you could slide in the exact replacement and and get yeah. three quarters of the production. Yeah, and if if you guys follow some of the other fantasy sports core shows, 
Um, we do got some guys that really cover the gambling side of things. Um, TSS does a great job with that. They've got some guests on that uh, regularly uh, throughout the week um, that come on and talk about some gambling information and, and uh, strategies, which is awesome. We don't really touch upon that much uh, in our blog, which is why I have Andrew here, because Andrew and I uh, both co-write the Inside the Medical Tent blog. And if you guys have not subscribed to that or taken a read of that, I highly recommend it. This year, we have moved to a subscription platform. First time we've done that. We actually yep. waited a few weeks before we initiated that because we had some really good positive feedback. A lot of um, people were reading it. And, you know, it takes a lot of time for us to put that stuff together. We have to coordinate that on the back end. Uh, we both got full-time jobs. So for a small nominal fee, we are now offering that blog as a uh, subscription-based plan on my website, theinjuredlist.com, which you can check out. And um, that'll be, again, in effect next year. Uh, we're going to, you know, upgrade and keep it coming, but bigger and better than before. Uh, each year that we've done it, this is now going to be... Uh, next year will be the third year that we've actually done it together. Uh, the year and a half prior was a free thing that we kind of just threw together last minute, but it's been really valuable for a lot of people. I've gotten some great feedback, as has Andrew. And I come at that blog giving you the injury information. Andrew asked the questions, and then he goes into some fantasy strategies for you guys uh, to help you with your roster management in the face of injured uh, athletes. So. It works uh, great for both of us because we get to do what we do and uh, you guys get to benefit from the uh, information and uh, hopefully win yourself a uh, fantasy championship. Andrew, any, any, uh, anything about the blog that you would recommend or, you know, that you foresee in the future that maybe uh, down the pipeline here? I, at least from my standpoint, even more in depth uh, to the numbers, <clears throat> excuse me, to back up my reasons as to why uh, the fantasy implications make sense and why you should be picking up or trading away or doing whatever roster moves you need to do to yeah. react to injuries. Uh, I'm going to get even more in depth for the for all the subscribers next season. Yeah, and, and you know, we're going to try and uh, expand the list. We've usually done about, I don't know, maybe what, three, four players, um, sometimes five, depending five, on the think, week. Yeah. Yeah, depending on the week, obviously, depending on the severity of the injury and the player and how that may affect uh, fantasy uh, rosters throughout the, the fantasy world. So it kind of varies, but uh, on average, anywhere between four to five. And then every, every yeah. now and then we'll even do a special blog where we kind of do a little special information. Uh, one that we did this past season had to deal with um, how I go about breaking down and doing my injury analysis and then how Andrew goes about doing his fantasy analysis. So a little bit behind the scenes kind of uh, information there about how we go about doing our thing. Um, so that was kind of cool. I also did one on the um, uh, preseason. We did two preseason ones, which were free and available to anybody. Um, and you can bet that we'll do that again this season as well. Um, a lot of stuff coming into the preseason next year for sure, as yes. we will get to in just a minute here with our list of players. And um, actually, yep, that's probably a good segue, you know, <laughs> Maybe we should dive into that first. Let's uh, do it. There were there were many names that repeatedly popped up on inside the, the medical tent blog, mm -hmm. and and a lot of players that I was routinely asked to comment on about their injury status and what I thought was going on with them and what I thought their availability might be, as well as how I thought they might perform. And so I compiled the list, and Andrew, you compiled the list. Andrew, who do you have yes. on your list? And um. Then we'll take a look at mine and see how we compare. Well, I'm going to start off with the golden boy, the the gift that just kept giving, um, the 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 low hanging fruit, uh, fruit, the low hanging fruit that was the Aaron Rodgers saga this year. That was just <laughs> that was just from the week one. I, I think we talked. We think we he made about four, uh, four or five blocks. Oh, he was on quite a bit. Like, yeah, which is outrageous considering he still only played like four snaps for the season. Correct. So Aaron Rodgers and his Achilles and, and that fiasco, uh, that made quite a bit. But I also had Devin Ash oh, Devon Ashan, however you say his name. I believe it's Devon Ashan. I've been saying it wrong all year. Uh, between his ankle and his knee, he was on, I, I noticed a yep. lot. Um, Travis Kelsey surprisingly made it okay. into a few as well. Uh, Debo Samuel, Daniel Jones, and Keenan Allen were kind of the main guys I saw that uh, were the repeat offenders, if you so want to say. Okay. Yeah, the I, I pretty much got the same group of people. The only one I did not have on there, and that's only because I put him on a different list, which were the season ending uh season ending list. Yes. Uh was Daniel Jones, Keenan Allen. Um yep. but but yeah, I had Mike Evans. I felt like he always popped up. 
mm-hmm. uh, at some point in time um, on our uh, blog as as mm-hmm. and and uh, other shows within Fantasy Sports Core as well. Um, Austin Eckler, I feel like he always kind of popped mm-hmm. up to some some degree. Um, I did have Keenan Allen on this list uh, as well, uh, like you did, and I did have Debo on this list as well. I also had Devon Ashan uh, on yeah. this list as well. Um, Justin Jefferson I had on there only because he was dealing with a hamstring injury that kept him out for several weeks. Sure. Um, Michael Thomas I had on there only because we dealt with him so much last year. I was hoping yeah. not to have to even mention his name this year, and yet he still made it on the blog. I'm still not sure convinced he's even <laughs> injured, but okay. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> um, I did have to put Cooper Cup on that list. Um, yeah, he always, he had some nagging stuff that popped up throughout the season. He made it on there a couple times. Uh, Christian Watson I had on there as well. Um, yeah. honor, honorable mention uh, <laughs> went mm-hmm. to a couple players as well. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, just because of the fiasco at the beginning of the year with yep. his ankle and their contract situation and how that played out. Uh, toward the end of the season, Chris Olave made a few appearances. Um, the, the running backs for the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, were on there for quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, and these, are, these guys kind of fall into it. Well, Raheem Moster was another one, but he's been on everyone's radar with injuries for his entire career so far. Yeah. So that's not a surprise. And then there were two guys that were coming off of injuries that I was often asked about and we did mention quite a bit, and that was Kyler Murray and Brees Hall. Yes, and yes. Kyler Murray more because uh, we were all kind of wondering when he was going to be back and how effective he was going to be. And Brees Hall, because we were all excited that he was back so quickly and yeah. how effective he was going to be. So <laughs> kind of two ends of the spectrum there with ACL uh, injuries and surgeries. But yeah, so we, we kind of mm-hmm. see pretty eye to eye on that. Um, yeah. Of anybody in that list, uh, is there anybody that you think you still have lingering questions on or you think people might still have some lingering questions about? Uh, I mean, my, I know for me, Keenan Allen is someone that always ends up on my teams. And the fact that he just consistently at this point of his career, it seems like he is always someone in doubt. It's, it's, it's one of those guys that I now continue to have questions on his stability. And is it even worth the headache of having him on my team? Now, look, he, while he was healthy this year, he was a stud, was proving me wrong. And he had, was throwing up amazing numbers. Uh, on the year um, but at some point as it always does he then faltered because of injuries and he, you didn't know if he was playing and you'd find out last minute it's something that it was hard to prepare for that's the balance that I always struggle with is and what factor do you factor in someone's injury history and is the headache worth it because it's it could make or break your week uh, week to week if you don't act fast enough yeah, and and I always am taking that into consideration when I'm giving my analysis. Uh, I'm always looking at the player uh, as an individual and what their injury history is. I don't necessarily dive too deep into the numbers and statistics about how many games they've actually missed, how much time they've missed because of injuries and stuff like that. But I certainly uh, do uh, pull up in my memory bank uh, seasons past and injuries past and things like that. And that becomes really challenging for me uh, especially when you're talking about a guy like Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Um, because unlike Keenan Allen, who's dealt with kind of two major issues over the last couple of years, his hamstring from last year, yeah. and then this year was like a knee thing that he was dealing with. Um, you got a guy like a Debo. Like, yeah, like he heel, had like but, weird, right. there was more like chronic injuries with him, Correct. it seems like. Yeah. Correct. I'm, yeah, I apologize. It was a heel because there was two heels. Marquise Brown was also dealing with a heel yes. issue. Um, but Debo is a guy that always pops up on there with something. And it's never yeah. like the same thing <laughs> twice. So that becomes even more challenging because then you're like, well, you know, is this something that's really serious? Is this just a kind of a bump in the bruise kind of thing where he's going to get over it? And, you know, Debo doesn't miss much time despite no. these injuries. So it becomes really hard to predict whether he is going to miss time, if he's going to be back out there, how effective he'll be. So those guys are really hard to kind of predict. But I feel like the upside on them is a lot greater than a guy like Keenan Allen, unfortunately. And especially as they get further into their career, uh, because uh, unfortunately, with the skilled position players, wide receiver, running back, mm-hmm. um, they, you don't age gracefully in the NFL. <laughs> no, it's a big drop off. <laughs> yeah, it's a big drop off. In fact, once you get past year three, you've already exceeded most expectations as the NFL career on average doesn't last past year three. So exactly. uh, considering nowadays these guys are playing, you know, six, seven years, sometimes even longer at that skilled position player players. Uh, it's pretty remarkable that they can keep doing what they're doing and still be very productive. So I tend to kind of steer toward the younger players at skilled positions, um, mm-hmm. especially anyone who's had high upside, high ceiling. 
and potentially uh, healthy college careers. And that's one of the reasons why we do the NFL, um, or why I do the NFL uh, combine preseason injury uh, analysis, because we delve into a lot of the rookies coming to the league and what kind of collegiate injury history they have, and that's something to be worried about. Um, yeah, was, Hall, was it was it Devon Ashan who you had called out early on in the season when he first got hurt that it was the same uh, knee injury that he had had in college? Like, I believe it was him that you went all the way back to college. I might be wrong on the player, but there was someone you I remember in the blog you went all the way back to talking about this is the same thing that happened in the college. You recovered nicely, but it's the second time, so who knows kind of thing. Uh, so Nick Chubb was one of those guys. Oh, it was that's right. It was Nick, Nick Chubb. Chubb when he yeah. ended his season. That's correct. Yes. Correct. Yeah, we'll get to him in a minute. But um, yeah, I mean there are guys uh, that do pop up like that um, on the preseason um, injury analysis that I do. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, those are definitely guys to be weary of. Um, Brandon Ayuk popped up on that my analysis a couple of years ago before coming into the league. For the most part, he's been pretty healthy. Yeah. Uh, there have been a couple other players that have popped up on there and that have been able to have good, solid NFL careers with no major injuries. Um, Zach Moss was one guy that popped up on my pre-injury uh, NFL draft analysis. So, um, you know, he's dealt with some stuff over the years, missed some time recently with a forearm injury, uh, had, a, I think, an ankle or something issue last year. He, he's always kind of on the injury list yeah. and, and in and out of games too. But um, Brees Hall, I wanted to mention, just because he was a guy coming into the league, I had no kind of... Uh, um, reservations about and then mm-hmm. unfortunately for him last year tore his acl um so that was kind of a surprise but you know something that can happen too um and the type of injury that'll will, that'll either linger for years or cause other issues to linger for years it's, it's kind of the slippery slope correct and i have to handle uh, uh have to hand it to the jets i think they handled that injury and that recovery very well there was no rush per se to get him back even though he was technically cleared at the beginning of the season they kind of took him along slow which i think was the right move and if you noticed over the last few weeks he actually got better and better as time went on and that's a really big performances toward the end of the year which is what you would expect and want to see with a guy coming off an acl injury as you get closer to that two-year mark is when they really make their um, significant kind of final improvement and recovery so Perfect timing for him. I think he'll come in the next season um, better than he was this year, and I think we'll see him um, at the peak of his game. And, you know, he's got youth on his side, which also is mm-hmm. a tremendous advantage. Well, um, we also have a healthy Aaron Rodgers, too. I think that's a big reason why the Jets ended up, you know, luckily playing it right. Is once Aaron Rodgers goes down after four plays, the writing was pretty much on the wall for them. And, and like you said, good for them for recognizing that. And and successfully uh, evaluated because at that point there was no point to rush Brees Hall back. It was really a play for the future because they knew their season was pretty much shot. Right, exactly, and they, they did a good job of that. <clears throat> now, um, let's talk about some of these guys that had the season-ending stuff. Yes, uh, because I've got eleven guys on my list. You've got eight. Well, let's hear the guys you have, and let's make sure I didn't miss anybody, and vice versa. So funny enough, I did actually write their names down. I just counted them out. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but obviously, Nick Chubb was on there. Um, um, and I, I'm honestly blanking on the rest because I didn't write them down. Uh, so well, okay, so yeah, I'll yeah, you run with the names, and we'll yeah. talk about them. <laughs> so got, so along with Nick Chubb, uh, we've got J.K. Dobbins. Yes. Okay, so we'll talk about him. We got Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Yeah. Um, we've got Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we've got yep, Joe Burrow. Unfortunately, um, yep. we've got Mike Williams. Yeah, un- unfortunately, yep. uh, we've got Justin Herbert. Uh, Actually, you know what? I didn't count him because it was so much later in the season. But yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's I'll give true, I'll yeah. give you that one. We can probably cross him off, but you know, still something that we should look into for next year. So that's oh, kind of why I put him on there. Uh, you got Deshaun Watson with his mm-hmm. shoulder, Cam Akers, uh, Kirk Cousins, and Daniel Jones. Yeah, you know, both of those Viking guys are the ones I forgot, Cam Akers and Kirk uh, Kirk Cousins. I don't yeah, know how I the, forgot to count them, but yes. The the crappy thing for Kirk Cousins really is his age. Um, yeah, his age and unfortunately that situation in Minnesota, he's not guaranteed a job next year, unfortunately, now. Correct. Um, and then also it's his back plant leg, which doesn't yeah. bode well, unlike Aaron Rodgers, who was actually his lead leg. Mm-hmm. Um, his injury didn't happen uh, the same way that Kirk Cousins did. So um, that's something you always have to keep in the back of your mind too. So that's going to be a tough kind of bounce back for him um, mentally and physically. 
And then, like you said, with the contractual thing developing there in Minnesota, uh, he's probably going to be donning a new uniform next year. That's what 100% I fully agree on that. And, and the Cam Akers part, honestly, that was so, you know, non non-factor for me unfortunately i thought maybe going to minnesota when he first went there i thought that might be a new light for him and um he was just so underutilized and and and, and in some regards uh disrespected in, in la but uh it just didn't it, i don't think it was going to turn out in the end even though alexander madison was a disappointment and it, the door was wide open for him unfortunately he just got yeah. hurt one of the big reasons why i put cam Akers on this list because i'm not really so sure he's going to be fantasy relevant anymore after this Yes, was agreed. Because of the fact that he was the guy often referred to as the one who came back within four months from his Achilles rupture two years ago. That's true. That, yeah. that was on the opposite side, keep in mind. Mm-hmm. So this is a new Achilles rupture on the other side. His surgeon was Dr. Neil Elitrosh, the same surgeon who did Aaron Rodgers' surgery. So I'm kind of curious to see how all this goes, how all this plays out. Will Cam Akers make a quick recovery like he did the first time around? Highly doubt it. Yeah, uh, will Aaron Rodgers play as well and feel as good as Cam Akers did coming off that first Achilles rupture that he had that was fixed and made him back uh, in four months? Because Akers so, did look good coming off that first one. Surprisingly, it, it was pretty remarkable. But he I did. agree. I think he's I, he'll still be on a team, but I don't think yeah. he's going to be a guy that's going to be on a lot of rosters going forward. Yeah. Um, another guy dealing with an Achilles injury injury. Uh, was J.K. Dobbins. And unfortunately, um, this came after he made it back from an ACL uh, issue that he dealt with all of last year. Mm -hmm. And he was was a guy we talked about a lot last year because there was um, he he wasn't able to really bounce back very quick. He came into preseason not really ready. He ended up having to miss several weeks because had his knee scoped again. Um, Him and Gus Edwards were both dealing with this around the same time. The Ravens running back position was really banged up. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to this year, he comes in healthy, he comes in ready to go, and then boom, he ruptures his Achilles after dealing with this ACL. And it's not the first time re- in recent memory that we've seen this. We've seen several high-profile athletes coming back from ACL injuries who've then gone on and tore their Achilles, either on the same side or the opposite side. And one guy that I always go back to is Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. Mm. Uh, famously ruptured his ACL um, in the bubble or whatever it was, or the year before the bubble. And then uh, during his recovery, as he was training, ruptured his Achilles, ended up missing like almost two years total by the time it was all said and done. Came back, had a good year last year. Hasn't quite looked the same this year. Yeah. And yeah, I know I'm using basketball to, co- to <laughs> kind of make the analogy here. But the point of, the point of it is you do lose a lot of explosiveness and a lot of power. And in the NFL, uh, that's probably no more important aside from basketball mm-hmm. with your Achilles at the running back position. So I'm curious to think, uh, to hear what you think about this com- as far as fantasy relevancy goes. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's the perfect storm for JK Dobbins to be yet another Baltimore running back that just disappears. Um, Cause I don't think JK Dobbins go, if he were to go to another team, I don't think he is a thing anymore. Um, I think he's unfortunately in the community. He, it's now been an unfortunate burning of way too many fantasy managers who hype him up and then get disappointed because of an injury. Um, and plus, if he stays in Baltimore, in that Baltimore backfield with the emergence of Keaton Mitchell um, and the now what seems to be the stableness of Gus Edwards as a number two back, um, I, I just don't see his spot in, in Baltimore at this point. So. Um, there's really no win situation in my eyes for J.K. Dobbins. I was low on him coming into the season, uh, and I'm going to continue to be low on him. I'm going to be even lower now, though. Yeah, good, good points there. Um, and and the Keaton, uh, Keaton uh, was it? I'm sorry, Keaton Mitchell, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he was a guy that a lot of people asked me about uh, because he had had some issues in college with injuries as well. Okay. And yeah. I think he might have even come into the preseason. Uh, coming off an injury uh, late in the collegiate season the year before. So, um, but, you know, kudos to him. He got himself healthy and made a, a good uh, advantage, took a good advantage of the situation that presented itself to him. So yeah. looks like he sh- should be in a good position heading into next season. Uh, guys who are not in a good position are the <laughs> other guys on this list. And, um, you know, speaking of J.K. Dobbins coming off that ACL injury, you've got Mike Williams and Daniel Jones both dealing with ACL injuries. 
The yeah. big difference between these two guys, aside from the positions they play, is the timing of their injuries. Yes. Daniel Jones happened quite late, mm-hmm. um, especially compared to Mike Williams. So that's going to be huge um, as we come into next season. Now, uh, there's no reason to think that Daniel Jones can't be ready, but it's it's going to be getting close. And it's going to be um, a nail-biter uh, and it really kind of up in the air as to whether he will be starting week one for the Giants. Whereas Mike Williams, by all intents and purposes, should be able to get himself right and get himself ready in the preseason and good to go. So we'll have to see how both of those guys play out. From a fantasy perspective, Mike Williams has always been a pretty big catch, mm-hmm. no pun intended, uh, on your roster. What do you What do you feel about him heading into next year? This just seems to be the continuing story with Mike Williams every year, unfortunately, um, that he suffers some sort of injury where even if it's not season ending, he's missing a chunk of a pretty decent chunk of time. Um, And unfortunately, in being the number two guy to Keenan Allen, who, to be fair, we mentioned is also now having his own injury issues. uh, Just that receiving core as a whole seems to be uh, wide open in all the wrong ways. Mike Williams now 29 will be 30 for for the for next season with multiple injuries under his belt. Um, it, I think it's fair to question how much he's got left uh, left in him. Um, I, you could make the argument that because of the injuries, he doesn't have as much you know wear on the tires, but um, <laughs> it, it still takes its toll. The the one positive thing that he does have going for him is like I said, Keenan Allen also injury bug uh quinton johnson at least in his rookie season here has not panned out the way that they hoped so technically he's really still only competing with guys like Jalen guyton and joshua palmer who joshua palmer is seeming to be the somewhat more stable lower ceiling safer bet um when it comes to that receiving core once again though as long as he's healthy and i think that's what people <laughs> that's what people keep forgetting about um Justin Herbert here, yes, he's got his own injury now. We're going to get to that, as you mentioned. Uh, but when he's been healthy, people were really down on him this year and as a disappointing season, and I get it. The stats can't lie, um, and the, the win-losses can't lie. But he also didn't have Austin Eckler, Eckler periodically. He didn't have his normal receivers, and even when those receivers were out there, they were out there because they needed bodies out there, so they weren't at 100%. Plus, with the degrading, the, the downgrading fashion of offensive lines in the uh, across the league right now, he's under more pressure, like every other quarterback is. Yeah, the, the, these are all factors that are now playing into Justin Herbert. Depending on the new, news we get in the offseason here about Herbert's injury, I am going to be a massive, pro, you know, um, supporter of buying low on him in dynasty and also drafting him at a steal potentially in redraft leagues going into draft season next year. And and let's no make make no mistake. Josh Palmer did pop up on our injury reports sure from time did. to time. Maybe not on our blog, but uh, I was asked a lot about him throughout the weeks uh, on some other shows like TSS Fantasy and uh, with Dan Mater on MD's Fantasy Football. Now, mm-hmm. moving forward, um, I like Mike Williams' chances of getting healthy and remaining healthy next year. But like you said, that's an issue. I did have Quentin Johnson on a couple of my rosters. I was hoping for bigger things from him. I feel like he didn't get utilized yeah. enough as a wide receiver one when the opportunity was there. Uh, maybe we'll see some bigger things from him next year. He's got the frame. He's got the skills. Um, maybe so just not utilized thing. properly. I'm not. So I, like I said, I think the utilization can go back to just that whole offense, just being in absolute shambles. Um, getting rid of Brandon Staley was a, a, a positive direction for that offense. Um, but and the other issue that he had was he just wasn't getting open. Yeah, he has the frame. Yeah, he's got the skill set, the athleticism, but he wasn't he wasn't using it in the proper ways to get separation, which unfortunately, like I said, because of the time that Herbert was getting the throw, because of the lack of options, like yeah, unfortunately he had to get open pretty quickly, um, or at least give a somewhat bigger window for Herbert to to have success. And it just wasn't it just wasn't lining up this year for anything the Chargers were doing in that that passing game. And speaking of Herbert. He's dealing with his own issue, like you mentioned. He's fractured his index finger on his throwing hand, which is not the finger you want to fracture on your throwing hand. I'd probably say that finger and your thumb are probably two of the most important when it comes to throwing a football. And he went for the index, spared the thumb, uh, which some other quarterbacks had to deal with. But, uh, yeah, so 
off-season, well, not even off-season. He had surgery already, I think, um, end of November. Um, we're not going to see him probably for a while. I, I think we'll see him ready for the preseason. I don't think we'll see him do much in the off-season as far as throwing and stuff. He'll do a lot of rehab. But I do think, um, given the resources and stuff they have in the NFL, when it comes to these hand and finger injuries, guys do pretty well. Yeah. Um, in the general population, this is a lot different. Uh, finger injuries, especially fractures like this that require surgery, can often be really difficult to bounce back from. Uh, it's it's easy for a finger to to get very stiff and very swollen after surgery. You really have to be able to baby it and treat it appropriately and get the swelling down so that you can initiate the rehab once appropriately able to do so. Um, and I speak from experience with this, uh, not only from myself, my wife too. She was a certified occupational and hand therapist, so she's treated a lot of this, and she's worked with a lot of orthopedic patients who've dealt with hand and finger injuries, and they are really challenging to um, recoup from. So I expect that he'll have a vigorous off-season rehab program. I don't think we'll see him throw for quite some time, but I think he'll be able to get this ready uh, in the preseason and hopefully not have this kind of linger or cause any major issues uh, throwing a ball uh, next so year. Two, so two quick, I guess, more in-depth questions about the finger injury for him that, that I have is that um, one is the injury and the surgery. Is that something that can lead to more chronic things like like early arthritis or like chronic things that he's now just going to have to play through like with a, some level of uncomfort, you know, discomfort. And two is, is there any worry that he's now going to have to throw the ball a little differently to accommodate for whatever his hand feels like in the future? Yeah. So great questions, especially on the mechanics one. Um, the other one, I can't really give you a specific answer. It really depends on the type of injury that he had. I believe they reported it as a fracture. Now that really depends on where the fracture was and what type of fracture it was, and how they fixed it, whether it be with hardware or some type of soft, soft tissue repair. Um, if Did they pin it and then remove the pin? Or is there permanent hardware, like a screw placed? Um, that really dif uh, differs as far as the recovery for a couple of reasons. One, if it was simply fixed with a pin, where they basically drive a wire into the finger to stabilize everything and give it time to heal, then the recovery is usually a lot, I wouldn't say better, but easier i think because you're not it's not as invasive a procedure at all um there's really no dissection that has to happen and once the wire comes out you can start getting them moving again swelling isn't ne nearly as bad usually if they had to actually open the finger up and actually physically put a screw into the bone or whatever to fix it then that's a little bit more challenging to bounce back from and i think based on what they had to do that will lead to whether or not he does change his mechanics and that's why the rehab's so important and not letting him throw a ball so quickly is because you start throwing the ball too soon and that's when guys start making changes and start sure. trying to adapt to how they're feeling. So until he feels right or close to 100%, um, I don't think he should be picking up a ball, uh, especially a football and throwing full velocity because if he starts changing his mechanics, that's when you start developing elbow issues, shoulder issues. And we see that a lot in baseball, not as much in football, but that can certainly be the case. Makes sense to me. And so, you know, um, keeping right in line with the quarterbacks and for some reason their upper extremity injuries, um, one, one that caught me by surprise, and I think it caught a lot of people by surprise, were the, was the whole Joe, Joe Burrow situation. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately for him, he was dealing with a calf strain that happened in the preseason. That was like the big question on everyone's radar. Everybody wanted to know how he was going to do, how effective he will be, when could we expect him back. And I spelt, spent a lot of time uh, researching that and updating everybody on that. And then fast forward to just a few weeks ago, um, and he's got a wrist injury. Didn't seem like it was anything serious. And then all of a sudden we hear he's out for the remainder of the year. He's having a ligament repaired in his wrist and season-ending surgery. And I was kind of shocked. Um, and I believe that I well, that news came out like right after we dropped the article too, didn't it? Correct. So, believe... it, it, which, which we didn't even mention the wrist injury in the article. <laughs> it was like... Yeah, and I, and that's not the first time that's happened, and we do apologize for that. But we we <laughs> yeah. are on a tight timeline here. But, but I'm saying that's and... how like surprised it was on nobody's yeah. radar. It just kind of happened. Yeah. yeah. And so I couldn't even tell you what the injury is. I have a few uh, thoughts and speculations. Um, when you hear wrist and ligament. The one that comes to mind is called the TFCC. Mm -hmm. It's actually a 
not so much a ligament as much as it is a piece of cartilage, but it's often injured and can be torn and repaired. One of the more common wrist things that you see. Outside of that, I'm not really sure what else it could have been. Yeah, there's a bunch of little ligaments in and around the wrist and some of the bones and joints in the wrist. But the most more common stuff is usually that TFCC ligament sprain slash injury. And that's um, on the outer part of the wrist. So I could see that being a problem, like when you're throwing, because you're kind of following through with that motion. And that sure, can compress yeah. that part. So maybe that's what it was. And they're just like, listen, it's significant enough. You're in enough pain. We should just shut it down and fix this so that this doesn't carry over into next year and linger all off season. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else it could have been. It really, uh, uh, you know, really, I really have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Which happens sometimes. Like we said, mm -hmm. something just surprised us. Yeah. So the Joe Burrow one was, uh, was disappointing for sure. Um, especially with it just being something completely out of the, out of nowhere and but credit to the Bengals for for you know flipping the script and running with the punches and still leaving themselves a chance in all this with Jake Browning um that's just, honestly it's a credit to Joe Burrow for the communication I'm assuming he has with Jake Browning to keep him prepared for these games so that's uh, I, I think it's just a credit to really show us how far the Bengals organization has come as a whole yeah. over the years yeah Curious to see how this plays out as this preseason or, or um, offseason kind of unwinds here and, and, and gets going, uh, whether or not he's at um, the uh, open practices and whether or not he's back for the start of preseason. Um, we'll have to kind of see. I'm going to use this opportunity before we kind of transition to our next athlete. we got a couple quarterbacks, and they're all up extremity stuff, um, with the exception of Aaron Rodgers, who I'm not even sure we're going to mention anymore because I'm so sick and tired of talking about him. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to hear from our sponsors real quick. I've got two commercial breaks and then we'll be back uh, to the injured list podcast with uh, Angela duck. Fantasy sports corp and underdog fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with best ball. What is best ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever. And it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code InjuredList to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. Special shout out to today's episode to SeatGeek. We recently partnered with them to become a brand ambassador. What does that mean? Well, for you, it means you get a special discount when you make your first ticket purchase with SeatGeek. With my code, InjuredListPod, you will get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a ticket purchasing app that takes all the confusion out of buying tickets to your favorite sports, concert events, and more. They score each ticket on a scale of 1 to 10 to help you know if you're getting a good deal. Green is good, red is bad. My followers get $20 off their first ticket purchase using my code, InjuredListPod. Click on the link in the show notes and browse for your favorite events. Your next big night ever is waiting, and they have the tickets. All right. Quick little message there from our sponsors. Thank you guys for that. Thanks for sticking with us here on the Injured Podcast, our live podcast streaming episode. I've never done this before. I'm having a good time. I hope you guys are getting uh, a lot of useful information out of this. I'm glad if I could not, be here for you to pop your, your live cherry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's going way better than I thought. In fact, it's been painless thus far, which is really important. <laughs> and I'm drinking a beer to help kind of ease my nerves. And it's in a very fancy glass because I can't find my freaking pint glasses anywhere. So I got this fancy looking crystal. I noticed that. that wasn't lost on me. That glass was uh, was quite swanky. It's, it's more like a chalice. Actually. There you go. <laughs> we'll call it that. Um, so we left off talking about quarterbacks. We, we touched ba uh, base with, on uh, Joe Burrow's wrist injury, but he's not the only quarterback that lost the season, he's not the only quarterback that lost a season to an upper extremity injury, um, which is kind of weird. Usually they're getting tackled and their knees or ankles are blown out. But um, it seemed like there was a upper extremity year, too. Um, Anthony Richardson went down pretty early in the season with a pretty yes. gnarly AC joint injury. 
And for those of you that don't know, it's that little bump you feel there, your chromium and your clavicle come together, and there's a joint right there. And when that joint gets injured and those ligaments get torn, uh, your clavicle can go boop and pop up like that. And uh, if it's significant enough, which in his case it was, oftentimes surgery will be advised. And um, unfortunately, uh, this is sur this surgery takes a long time to heal because those ligaments are so under so much tension. And when you reconstruct them with the surgery, you have to give those things adequate time to heal. And 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 unfortunately, these these sur these surgeries have a fairly high recurrence rate. Um, so he's not quite out of the woods yet. Uh, we'll have to see how he does in the off season here. Um, it shouldn't cause any major long-term issues. Now, I don't remember if this was on his throwing shoulder or not, but if it was, that could be of concern because um, even though the AC joint uh, is not so important in the mechanics of throwing, you'll feel it still. I mean, it, it can still hurt. And um, it's certainly going to affect his ability or desire to want to lower his shoulder and make a run. <laughs> so keep so an was, eye on this as I we was progress. More so thinking and wondering, is, is it going to is this the type of injury that will affect or be more likely to re-injure if you're a type of guy like Anthony Richardson, who's looking to throw while on the run? Cause I feel like while if, when you throw on the run and having to turn your body while moving, I feel like there's an extra element of torque um, in that upper body motion of, you know, trying to flick the arm like that. Is there a, is there a, a potential for that being more problematic for a guy of his style? I, I do believe so. And, and I say that because I, I've seen a lot of these injuries. Uh, I've also had uh, this injury myself, and mine was much, much lower grade uh, than what his probably was. Um, I didn't need surgery for it. But there isn't um, more than a few weeks or months that go by where I'm not reminded that I did injure that at one point in my wow. life. Um, and, and mine was mild. So I can only imagine what a grade three. I mean, grade threes hurt. Uh, they're funky to look at. Your clavicle sticking up like this. Um <laughs> It, and the surgery is not uh, a fun one to have to go through. It usually requires using like a cadaver or some type of graft tendon where you basically loop it around the bones and have to screw it in and anchor it down with sutures. And it's a big procedure. It, it's not Lord. easy technically to do. <laughs> and um, like I said, they have high failure rates uh, when it, when you're looking at uh, other surgeries that we do, which are very good. Um, this one can sometimes not work. So something to certainly keep an eye on. I'm sure he had some of the best of the best doing it, and that's no disrespect to them. I'm sure they've done a great job. Uh, but sometimes there's only so much you can control, and this is something that I would certainly keep an eye on in the offseason. I'll be curious to see when he's actually back out there throwing and yeah. uh, how he feels when he starts. So we'll have to kind of keep an eye. But, um, you know, unfortunately, I, he had a nice-looking start to his rookie career. And uh, got shut down pretty early with this. It, what was it? Was like week four, maybe week five? I was gonna, that's what I was trying to remember. It was four or five. Yeah, it was pretty early. I don't ex remember the exact. I can find out the exact week, but it was it was one of those two. I know for sure. Yeah, and I and you know he had hit on our blog uh, a few weeks before that with another injury. I don't know if it was a thumb or something else that happened, and he kind of popped up on our radar. It wasn't anything he went serious. Down week five, yeah. Yeah, and then and then boom, all of a sudden this happened. So not not. Um, very yeah, unfortunate he, for him. Because he didn't play week three either. Yeah, that he was, was dealing with something, something else, though, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, because that's right. Yeah, because it's showing he didn't. It, it was week three. Um, I'm trying to see what that week three injury was. It, it doesn't go back that far because obviously the shoulder took uh, yeah. took all of the notes at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to take our word for it. Yeah. <laughs> And then speaking of shoulders and quarterbacks, well, then the, you had the whole Deshaun Watson thing. And I, I feel like yeah. that also kind of came out of nowhere. He was dealing with a couple of minor issues. Mm -hmm. And then we hear that he had a, and I'm going to use air quotes here because I'm not exactly sure what happened. They said a fracture mm -hmm. of the shoulder that had to be fixed. My yeah, theory with that. <laughs> sounds my, sketchy, but okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, now there are things that can happen. And my theory on that was that um, he fractured a part of the glenoid, which is basically the socket part of your shoulder. Okay. Um, and that's not good. And it makes me, it begs the question as why that happened. Did his shoulder try to dislocate or sublux where it pops out and pops back in and that caused a fracture? Because there's really no other way that I'm aware of or mechanically speaking that can cause that. I mean, it would be very rare to have an isolated fracture of the glenoid for no apparent reason other than to 
possibly dislocate the shoulder or have it like driven back into the socket. So I would say, could it happen if someone improperly pops a shoulder back in? Like, yeah, I mean, that's always like something like yes, that. It can. But and then I, you know, I, from all the reports and stuff that we've read or heard, uh, we don't really know uh, what part of the shoulder was fractured. If that, in fact, was it, I'm hard pressed. Now you can also have fractures on the other part of the shoulder, on the ball part, uh, the humerus. Um, sometimes you can have what's called a tuberosity fracture there. That's concerning too, because that's where the rotator cuff attaches, which is important for throwing. So there, there's a myriad of things that it could be. Not quite sure. And the whole thing about this is, man, they just shelled out a ton of guaranteed money to this guy. Mm-hmm. And he's coming back off this whole issue with the massage thing and stuff. Unbelievable turn of events here. Do you think he'll be getting uh, massage treatments for this shoulder? On the well, I, joke, <laughs> I jokingly said at the time that he's probably got them all lined up uh, scheduled in advance. <laughs> yeah. He, found out he was having <laughs> surgery. Oh, man. But, you know, uh, we'll have to see how long he's had a commission with this. Um, if it's significant, you know, he could be shut down from throwing for, for a while, maybe even months. Let's be honest on what he, they had he, to do. He, uh, I mean, I guess I'm actually, I'm looking at his numbers right now. Cause I thought I remembered him not seeming that impressive anyways, when he was back, but his, mm-hmm. his actual fantasy points weren't as bad as I've remembered them being for some reason. Um, so I guess I'm wrong. So just ignore that thought. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hindsight's always 2020. Yeah. Um, who else is on this list that we haven't gotten to yet? I, th- as far as quarterbacks go, that was it. I mean, obviously, like we mentioned earlier, Aaron Rodgers with the Achilles. I feel like we're still missing quarterbacks. Is I feel like there was. Uh, yeah. What What happened to? Um, I feel like there was so many quarterbacks this year. Geno Smith went down eventually, but he was and, he and, was kind of. And so that brings me to the next segment, that. which is what? Who did we miss? Who did we leave out? Who were the omissions? Uh, Geno Smith. Missed a bunch of time with various stuff. Baker Mayfield. What happened to Baker? So Baker Mayfield, I think, was a fa- just a factor of he uh, was kind of towards the end of the season. And then he ended up coming back and and like being kind of all right. So I, the Baker Mayfield stuff, I honestly don't even at that point. I was unfortunately checked out of my fantasy teams because uh, I did <laughs> so bad this year. Yeah, uh, well, I honestly don't even remember what if he was even dealing with an injury or if it was that, just like oh, a it, was, it was rib injury. That's why. So he oh, was rib, yeah. he was playing through a rib injury. So that, that's more what it was. That's why I, I think that's oh. why he never really fully made the article because <laughs> I don't know. It was just, it was a myriad of things. And also there's guys that we, that I know we left off that yeah. had hamstring injuries because something we mentioned last year, we can only, there's so many hamstring injuries throughout the year yeah. and they're all the same analysis. We don't know until <laughs> yeah, we see exactly. And as you say, we don't know until we see them on the practice yeah. field on Friday. Yeah. So it, we don't want to say the same thing over and over right. week in and week out. So we try to mix it up. So unfortunately, I know a lot of guys are asking or and women are asking questions about guys with hamstring injuries yeah. for their lineups, rightfully so. A lot of times you're not going to see that as the season go on, goes on, maybe at the beginning of the season because we talk about the effects of training camp and all that jazz. Um, yeah. But as the season goes on, it just becomes, quite frankly, boring. <laughs> boring content. So. Yeah, it, it sucks to be repeating ourselves. We don't like to do that. Yeah. We like to try and keep each week in the blog fresh and new. Um, so if you don't see us uh, repeatedly put the same guys out there, it's probably because not much has changed. Or exactly. uh, the reports are out and it's pretty obvious that they're either a go or a sit. So um, usually we're trying to Con, uh, attack the players where there's a lot of question or uncertainty. And so that's the p- purpose of the blog. So if you're like, why didn't you include this guy? Or why didn't you put this guy on there? Or how come you don't week to week update us on? It's because there's usually an obvious answer and mm-hmm. an obvious decision has been made on their status. We try to focus on the guys where no one's really sure what to expect or what to do. Uh, you have questions about what move to make. That's where we come in. And that's what the blog's all about. And, um, you, you know, know I have to, say, we to talk about too that the on the show tonight was Jamar Chase and how that the whole we completely forgot of how the season started for Chase, how like the the injury flux was like those first few weeks like he was doing awful it was because yeah. there was like injury concerns so, like that was also a whole big thing that we just completely forgot about. <laughs> we did talk about it in the blog, yeah. but I forgot about that aspect of the season this year until I'm I'm just looking through some past injuries right now. You know why? It's because like as soon as Joe Burrow went down. All hope was lost <laughs> with the Cincinnati Bengals and Jamar's performances. I know it was brutal. And then, you know, toward the end of the year here, when he was like miss, actually missing some time, it was at, at that point, a lot of guys, fantasy rosters were kind of jacked up anyway. And that's true. 
But listen, if you guys have questions and you need answers, this is a, a great way um, to get them answered. You got to reach out to us. And I, I make these statements all the time and I post this stuff on my social media accounts. Uh, we're always, uh, Andrew and I are always up to answer questions. Uh, we, we're open to ideas. Shoot us questions, email us, contact us on our social media handles at InjuredListPod, at RealMrMallard on Twitter, um, InjuredListPodcast on Instagram, Facebook, InjuredList.com website. Andrew's got pivot, divots and pivots, the show. Mm-hmm. You can find them on Fantasy Sports Core on our website there. Um, you know, there's no reason why you guys can't get in touch with us. We'll be happy to answer questions. And if you subscribe to the blog, which I highly recommend, um, you'll have direct communication with, with me for sure. And Andrew as well. So that's a great way uh, as a paying customer that you guys can get more direct answers uh, to the questions you have. And guess what? That's on the DL, man. That's like <laughs> prime time, top secret, you know, NSA type info right there. That's like, <laughs> yeah, that's like real stuff. So, you know, um, as we head kind of toward the conclusion of our show, I wanted to basically just kind of critique ourselves mm. and see what we thought, how accurate we were, um, where we kind of missed the ball, <laughs> no pun intended, or dropped the ball, um, where we uh, maybe um, missed, you know, big time, or uh, where we hit and, str- and struck gold. Um, I'll start because I think... I think we were pretty damn accurate overall. Um, I don't yeah. know any numbers. I don't look at stats. I, there's no, really no way to measure this, but I have to say with the, with the Brees Hall, uh, t- uh, Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Rodgers, um, I think we, we nailed it. I think we nailed those three guys for sure. Uh, Kyler mm-hmm. Murray too. I think we were right on the ball with Kyler. Um, you know, some of these other ones were, were real kind of hit or miss. Um, but I think we kind of held our own. Um, I think maybe if if we had to look back and say who who were we really way off on, um, and and this goes to anybody with a hamstring injury, I say Christian yeah. Watson was just so up in the air. I couldn't tell you freaking week to week what the hell was going to happen with he him. He was this year's idea. Keenan Allen. Keenan exactly. Allen from my, it was the same thing. Exactly, and 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 uh, a lot of other Packers like AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you week to week. I had zero confidence in my predictions about what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but really, you're right. The entire Packers team, because even when Romeo Dobbs got injured, like there was just nonstop injuries that we had no clue what was going on. So, yeah, sometimes we this, we just lose a feel for, unfortunately, yeah. a certain team, it seems. And, and Cooper Cup, you know, last year uh, when he was dealing with the hamstring stuff, that was a lot easier to kind of predict. This mm-hmm. year he had come some nagging stuff like a high ankle sprain, or this sprain, or that sprain. He was kind of all over the map, too. I, I had a hard time telling when he was going to come back, how long he'd be out. Um, that was another tough one. Yeah, I can tell you a, a couple of guys I missed on that I had predicted within the blogs um, that uh, based on injuries, guys who I thought were going to step up and be immediately useful um, was back early in the season when James Conner got hurt. I, I was really pushing the oh, ringing the bell for Amari DiMicardo. Uh That flopped on my face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Elijah Moore, when Amari Cooper was banged up, I thought he was going to explode. That was also kind of a, a product of the Deshaun Watson stuff and that whole quarterback situation, which, once again, the Browns somehow are still having a great season, so good for them yeah. uh, for keeping that going. Um, I was, there, was, there was one more that I was uh, severely wrong on. Um, oh, yeah, I think I, I, was, I was also pushing big that I thought Jamison Williams was actually going to come back, like come into the league now healthy and be good. Um, and he had some moments, but uh, for the most part, considering the amount of hype I put on him and in, in the blog from a fantasy standpoint, uh, that was also a, a that's a great one that you brought up. I'm glad you brought that up because I totally forgot about him, and I was actually mm-hmm. very high in him too. And the reason I was was because he got injured in the championship game of the college football season, which gave him plenty of time to recover, and it was a quote unquote isolated ACL injury, which made it sound like he was going to have a pretty straightforward recovery and rehab. But then, you know, I should have known better uh, because I've mentioned this before <laughs> and I shoot myself in the foot with this because, you know, I told you it takes guys about two years off an ACL injury to really bounce back and have that yeah. kind of performance or that time where they get out there and they feel like they're as close to 100%. So I don't think we've seen the last of him. I don't think we've actually seen his best stuff yet in the NFL. Um, I look for him to actually step up next year and hopefully do better. Um, I'll take that one. 
That's an L. I'm I'm giving him one more year. If he if he yeah. doesn't do something with next year, then I am going to start. I am going to count him as just one of those guys. Like one of those guys. Like who's the guy in Jacksonville years ago? Um, I always forget his name. Who like unfortunately got hurt and then got into legal issues. Um, but who was supposed to be the the next big thing? And I, oh my god, I can't remember his name. He was this real electric guy. If I remember his name. Uh, I'm yeah. gonna tell you, but he's just the new newest version of the the big hype star that it was never. Yeah, yeah. There's there. You could probably go down and make a huge list on of those guys too. Yeah, exactly. But, well, I don't have really anything else. I think we're almost done here. I think we're about to wrap up. Yeah, that sounds. Uh, as you do that, I am because now this name is bugging me. I'm going to try to look up that. <laughs> the Jacksonville guy. Was was it uh, like Blackstone or something? Um, oh, what? Oh, wide uh, receiver. It's got. Yeah, it's gonna absolutely drive me insane now. It's it's just one of those things that when I know there's a name in my head somewhere that I can't <laughs> like access, it it just drives me absolutely insane. Well, I'm trying to think of if, if it was maybe somebody I might have had on my pre-draft injury analysis, and I don't recall. It, it, when I say years ago, I mean like like oh. years ago, like like the 2010 oh. era. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, a while I wasn't ago. Around then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. Jameson Williams did make it show. on my pre my pre-injury draft analysis, and I'm sure if you yeah. listen to that or read that, um, I did that podcast episode back before the draft. Uh, I'm pretty sure that I was very. A positive on Jameson Williams, so I, I will take that L. Um, it didn't quite sense. play out like I hoped it would, but um, I do have a better feeling about him next year because he's entering that kind of two-year window of time uh, from his ACL injury and surgery. So that historically and statistically seems to be the time that guys will peak and kind of make it back to their um, as close to their pre-injury level as they will ever probably be. So pay attention to him next year. I think he'll be uh, a much better productive player than he was this year. And, um, you know, having been, listen, just being in the league a second year as a pro, forget about the injuries aside, uh, you're going to see guys perform a lot better, getting used to the routine, getting used to the plays, the calls, um, how things kind of work in the NFL, the ebb and flow, uh, not just on the field, but off the field too. Uh, you can expect a lot of better things from most rookies uh, season two. Yeah, it makes sense, and the, I think that's still that offense is still set up to where he can have success. So, um, yep. I'm rooting for him, rooting for it. Yep. Well, anyway, um, so listen, you can follow me at the Injury List Pod on Twitter, InjuryList.com, uh, Injury List Podcast, social media, Twitter, um, Injury List Pod, uh, Facebook. I have my stuff up here on the top of the screen. You can see. And then uh, Andrew, where can we follow you and listen to your great content? You got the Divots and Pivot Show, which just aired two nights ago. Did really well. Nice new format. Yeah. Love the video quality. All the uh, analysis and stuff was awesome. And I'm not a huge golf guy. I like to play. I'm not. I don't really follow it as much. But you guys, you guys are pretty on point with your stuff. And you guys do a lot of the gambling stuff on the golf side too, right? We do. Before I, I forget. Justin Blackman. I just found okay. it. Justin Blackman from <laughs> Oklahoma State, 2008. I had to get it off my chest. <laughs> That's Sorry. going back away from me. I, I not I don't to remember. not to barely remember yesterday. <laughs> not to blow up my own. Uh... <laughs> my own shout out here but uh yeah no you can find me at real mr mallard on twitter um search divots and pivots both on twitter on facebook uh my co-host uh uh bud copeland at this buds for you on instagram facebook all that stuff he puts out daily videos and yeah divots and pivots just aired uh like like brian said two nights ago uh first first week did great we're about to really kick into the golf season here as we get our first full field tournament next week so um, yeah, we have fun with it. We, we love what we talk about. We love all the drama that's going on right now between the PIF and, uh, the PGA and live and all this jazz. And there, there's going to be some, uh, some final, final results to all that coming very soon. We predict. So tune in on Tuesday nights at eight o'clock on fancy here on fancy sports corporation. Uh, yeah. And Twitter cool. and Facebook and all that. Yeah. And then uh, obviously we'll have a, a new, bigger, better version of inside the medical tent blog which you can subscribe to on the InjuredList.com website. Uh, top right corner, you'll see the blog, blog tab. If you just click on that, um, you can sign up. Um, cancel anytime. It's a small nominal fee. Uh, we charge, I think it's like uh, weekly. And then, um, you know, once the season's over, uh, it'll end. Uh, we usually do at least, I think, 16 weeks. But like I said, you can cancel anytime. 
uh, wealth of knowledge coming your way in that blog. Hopefully we'll be able to, uh, well, not hopefully, I know we will be able to give you a better <laughs> product uh, next season as we kind of refine our methods and our uh, technique. And, uh, you know, that will be year three of us doing this blog together. We started out um, back at Belly Up Sports. Now we moved over to Fantasy Sports Core. So we're uh, even more uh, involved and even more on on point with our stuff. So um, looking forward to bigger, better things as we head into 2024. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast, the live stream episode being recorded here. Uh, so share it with your friends. Replay the video. We'll have it up on the Injured List YouTube site. We'll have it up on Fantasy Sports Core. It's on Twitter and um, also on Facebook. So if you missed it, you can always watch it again. Share it with your friends in case they missed it and they have some questions or want some answers. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Injured List podcast uh, with our special guest, Mr. Andrew LeDuc. Thank you guys for joining us. Peace. We out. Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code InjuredList to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl.